Alrighty, well, we got our, our first week of, uh, of power rankings here um, with uh, me, uh, Dan, the, one of the co-owners of the, of the Yankees, and uh, and we got uh, Dave, the leader of uh, the entire league. Dave, last name White Sox. Yep, Dave, last name White Sox, um, with our uh, you know kind of crazy first week of power rankings, and we got some kind of just crazy uh, MLB stuff, too, I mean, shoot with uh, Tampa, I think they're. I'm pretty sure it's official that they won tonight. Now, so they're 12 and 0. <clears throat> I believe so. Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure. Yep, yeah, it's official. They won tonight, so they are now 12. Uh, now, now, yeah, now 12 and 0. I believe. Hell yeah. Or 11. It might be 11 and 0 tonight. Actually, I think it's 11 and 0 tonight. Well, they're just um, facing bad teams. The the Rays. Yeah. And the was it the Nats and the A's twice and the Red Sox, of course. Perhaps not yeah. as good. They they face literally the the three worst teams I think in the uh, entire league. Probably they face the Red Sox, who might be the fourth worst team, honestly. The Red the, Sox, the are Royal, the Royals are worse. Maybe the Tigers are worse. I don't know. That, that they, well, uh, they did face the Tigers. It was the Tigers, Rays, and the A's? Those that was oh, their man. first three series. Oh man. Um, and then they have the Red Sox, who is certainly fighting for uh, you know last place. I would say <laughs> among among the other teams. Um. But yeah, I think there's a very good chance they win their next two against the Red Sox, and then they got the the Blue Jays after that. And my guess is their first loss comes against the Blue Jays. Hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe they just go 162 and 0, and they have like a you know plus 940 run differential. Yeah, why not? Um, I know the the Cardinals are three and seven, and the only team they were able to yeah. beat was the Blue Jays. So. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although I think I think they're winning tonight as of now, but. Um, and enough about real life baseball. We probably should move on to, to our, our fantasy league. The more important. Uh, yeah, the, the more the more important baseball league, okay. um, where somehow in first place uh, we have the Pirates, which is uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates themselves. Yeah. The Jolly which, Rogers. Uh, well, here, yeah, which me, let me pull up their uh, their squad real quick, because I don't think it's just you know Wander Franco. Finally, you know, living up to his super potential. Like they got contributors all up and down this lineup. Mookie Betts. Yeah, they got. Yeah, Mookie. They got a stacked uh, infield. Really, they got Vladdy um, and, and Manny Machado. And if you slot Mookie in at second base, they have probably one of the best infields. Uh, they've got um, either Mookie and um, Jazz Chisholm who have kind of the dual eligibility between second base and outfield. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, they have a lot of second base and outfield. They also have uh, Adam Frazier who has second base and outfield eligibility too. Yeah. So they have a lot of guys who are second base and outfield. But yeah, their infield is stacked. Their outfield is also very good too. There's not really um, a weakness in this lineup unless uh, maybe two or three guys get hurt, but I think that applies to pretty much any team. Yeah, their 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 utilities are all like serviceable guys. I think um, yeah, they've got yeah. a, a a decent bench. I think of, of guys um, that are all going to be like at least average or above average in the utility slot. And then I think all their starters are certainly, um, I would say, above average at pretty much every position. Yeah, for sure. And then the pitching looks a lot better if Joe Ryan is an ace, and he mm-hmm. is he has pitched. Very well. Maybe not an ace yet, but his new uh, his new slider, new pitch mix, 
um, and maybe some improved command. He he could be really good, but Garrett Cole, of course, is if not the best pitcher, certainly top three in the league. So yeah, and there's one guy hiding out on the bench that uh, has not played in a little while, um, Mike Soroka, who um, you know I don't know what he's expected back. Um, yeah, let me pull up the little fan tracks note. He he threw four innings today, so he has to be close. That was at AAA too. Like, yeah, so my assumption is he's close to coming back, and like with that, like shoot, that's a pretty stacked rotation um, between kind of those those three guys. Um, yeah. Is all, I mean, Stroka was very good when he when he last played. Um, I would expect for him to kind of hopefully take off there again and uh you know that, that those are some really good guys um as far as starters go the relief pitchers are pretty medium but of course like they're kind of the lower point scorers i would say in general yeah. um and pretty much everything has gone right so far mm-hmm. like they've had a couple bad outings across their whole staff but at pretty much everything is coming up pirates right now so yeah, that's really nothing more to say. This team might just end up surprising based off what project projections said versus how they're actually going to play. They avoided the injury scare with Jazz, so yeah, I think uh, the starting pitching certainly is going to um, is going to likely carry. Um, I, I, the lineup is stacked, but like if you get you know Cole Cole Ryan and assuming Stroker comes back, well. Um, in a well too, I think that's going to be just kind of a lot of points. Um, the one thing I'm interested in seeing is the, the, the first week's a little interesting because you have like the it's what ten or eleven days, um, so you have a little bit of extra time. So a lot of your starters um, are getting two starts in the week um, for a little bit of extra points, where that doesn't happen all the time in the seven day um, like normal weeks. Sure. Um, so I think that's a kind of interesting to look at. I think the lineups tend to mean a little bit more than the starters uh, do after the, the kind of that first week. Um, they've got some aces here, uh, for sure. Like we said, their lineup is stacked up across the entire board. Yeah, and we're not going to go through everyone, but since you're here, let's pull up those Bronx Bombers. And you guys oh, had a, you guys had a great week. No, you guys finished third overall. So yeah, we finished. Uh, yeah, we did really well. We didn't have a catcher basically because uh, Danny Jansen sat for half the games. Yeah, um, surprisingly, anyway. I, I didn't. He he also only <laughs> has one hit this year. Um, yeah, he's looked a, a just atrocious the entire year so far. Yeah. Um, and I mean, our basically like every player on our team is worth about like twenty five, thirty points, and then Brian Reynolds just went he, yeah, just lost the, his mind for the first eleven games. He had the top offensive week. So, but then oh, yeah. Bogarts was not far behind him either. But yeah, Reynolds, Brian Reynolds is, uh, I think he's still the number one offensive scorer right now. He just, I believe so. Yeah, something might change with today's games, but uh, before today's games, he was still number one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's just pull it up real quick. Yeah, Brian Reynolds, still number one. And Adam Duvall, who is second, is, is, hurt. is hurt now. And probably out for what a month or two because he has a fractured wrist is a broken wrist yeah. yeah i think it was a broken wrist so probably at least a month plus yeah. um 
And I think the gap between Reynolds and like the next one after Duval was not particularly close. I remember uh, when I looked at it earlier, it was it might have been double digit points. I don't remember. Well, Adam uh, Duval is three and a half behind Reynolds, but that will yeah. surely increase pretty quickly. So yeah, after after that though, I think it was a pretty steep drop off. I think. Uh, it goes to um, Ryan Mountcastle and Matt Chapman also at like sixty. So Brian oh, Reynolds Mount- is like a home run above everyone else, basically. Yeah, Mountcastle hit a grand slam tonight, which I think is counted in that, which is why. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure it wasn't that close earlier today, and then yeah. today the, the gap gets uh, a little closer. <laughs> well, back to this lineup. Uh, yeah, again another stacked infield. Like you know, depending on what you think of Jose Abreu, he's still going to get tons of playing time and former MVP. Albies and Bogarts are all-star slash superstar. Ryan McMahon has a lot of hype behind him. So, yeah. I mean, maybe this outfield could use some help, but if Brian Reynolds is going to hit like he did in 2021 when he was, like, a top-five MVP guy, then it looks a lot better. So, yeah. I'm not – I'm – I think this lineup is not going to be a concern going forward. Maybe catcher, you want an upgrade, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Jansen was good last year, um, particularly yeah. hitting. So we'll see if he starts heating up. Um, I mean, he slashed pretty good last year, especially for a catcher. Um, so I don't know. We're hoping that he picks things up. Um, yeah. And, you know, we haven't gotten much play time yet, so we're hoping that that picks up as well. But. Yeah, we'll see. We might, might have to upgrade a catcher here soon. So down to the pitching, um, I think the big thing here is that everyone is who had the chance is probably feeling pretty stupid now about not bidding higher on Kodai Senga during that auction because it looks like Kodai Senga is not going to miss a beat and is transitioning basically perfect to the MLB, so... Yeah, he, he missed exactly one beat, I think. It was just the first inning. And then after that, he's been basically perfect. Uh, the first inning, I think he gave up. He, like, walked two guys and gave up two runs in the first inning. And then I think he's pitched a shutout um, since then until the last inning of uh, this previous game. Uh, when he, he got gassed in, like, the seventh inning or sixth inning. Uh, I can't remember what his last inning was. Um, and kind of lost control a little bit. But he's looked really good, particularly in just, like, the middle innings. After that first inning in the first game, he was lights out after that. Um, and then the first, uh, I want to say, five or six innings of his second outing, he was just unhittable. Um, and then kind of looks like he just got tired. Hit about 85 pitches, I think, and just got tired after that. Um, yeah, he looks we're, – we're really happy, especially at $6 on the on the R1 contract. Yeah, for any for any starting pitcher that's going to make 30 starts, I mean, $6 is already going to be good. Like, even if you had Patrick Corbin – who is $10, by the way. If you had him at 6 that's still value. Because you can start him sometime, maybe. But I mean, uh, he's, he's worth literally negative points. Yeah. Corbin, that is. <laughs> well, and he's double the price of Senga. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the rest of this staff, uh, Trick Pavetta, uh, Martin Perez, they're holding the fort down. Kind of a bunch of... Uh, this staff looks like just a bunch of number threes and number fours. Um, sucks that Kyle Wright is uh, he's, he's, he, he, he's back. Yeah, he just pitched again today. Um, was his first start. So we we left him on IR for this week. Um, 
uh, assuming he would likely come back. Um, they just uh, brought him up today yeah. um, off the IR. Um, so we'll see. He'll probably get uh, – I don't know when he's projected to pitch next, if it's going to be Sunday or next Monday, I think. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he kind of returns to form. I mean, last year, I think he had 21 wins last year, if I remember right. Um, yeah. I so, mean, he, he was a 20-game winner. So Yeah. So, I mean, the, he's got the potential for a ton of points there. Um, but these are all, like – I would say, like, very, like, high-end, like, number two, number three starters for the most part, um, like, for all of these guys. And there's there's a couple guys that would be aces on a free, on, a, on some pitching staffs. Um, but, yeah, we're, we, we like kind of where our starters are at and our, and the bullpen guys we have are, are just absolute studs, too. Yeah, I was going to say, um, without Kyle Wright and that rotation, I think your bullpen is more expensive <laughs> than your rotation, which is, which is just funny between Ryan Presley and Devin Williams costing 30 bucks combined and then clay holmes who is you know closing for a team that's going to win close to 100 you know yeah and, and we're hoping that um alzale gets like some save opportunities um i don't think he has yet um but he's looked good in the opportunities that they've given him yeah um for the cubs um and he's and only given him some two hits in seven innings so yeah, and they give him a lot of like longer um, kind of relief roles. Like he's pitched over an inning in every uh, every game he's been in. So I'm interested to see how they use him this year. Um, he has been really good um, from what he's shown, but it'll just be interesting to see what he does this year. We're hoping for more saves from him, but he's likely going to be a guy that's going to be, um, you know, say an above average reliever. Um, we would hope, and he's six dollars, which is a little bit expensive for a reliever, I would think. But yeah. Um, you know, for, for the amount of work I think he's going to get, I think it's going to come out okay. Yeah, I, I think so too. Let's uh let's hop down. I think we'll do a, a good format would be two at the top, maybe one in the middle, and maybe a couple at the bottom um, that surprised me a little bit. Um, but the one in the middle that I want to touch on, the uh, the Washington Nationals, um, who were I'd the, say the I don't one really want to go before before we get there, but I know the, the Red Sox had the most unluckiest week, so I just want to <laughs> just kind of mention them. Um, yeah, the luck factor. J- just just before we just skip over them, they got absolutely shafted this week. They just played two of the top scoring teams, um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, they played poor the, one out for the Red Sox, the Orioles, and your and us. your Yankees. So, but uh, but yeah, they're going to continue to be unlucky, and we're not going to cover them really. Um, that's fine yeah we'll just go ahead and skip over them uh, yeah. but just one just wanted to make sure that we we recognize that their number is very red on the power <laughs> it's the only red <laughs> and yeah. i mean maybe if they had you know francisco alvarez in the catcher slot something would be different but i, I don't know <laughs> we go ahead and skip down uh that's what you were saying about the nationals yeah so the nationals they were the one seed in the national league last year and they opened up pretty poorly um they do have some holdovers last year from from their squad like i think uh last year they did have um ty france and tyler o'neill but for the most part a lot of the players here um are new to the team and they are not so far continuing the uh the championship ways for the nationals um because the Nationals were also, I believe, the one seed in our inaugural year and in our second year. So 
there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of pressure now on this squad to try to live up to it but when you look at this team everyone has kind of had some concern to start uh so you're looking at a lineup that is full of guys that i would say like are middle of the order hitters but maybe on the lower end like alex verdugo tyler o'neill nick castellanos 2023 Nick Castellanos, Javier Baez. These are guys that are going to be hitting like sixth, seventh on a good team. Ty France, Jonah Heim. And you wonder like if the lineup isn't going to necessarily carry them. Like there may not be a lot of weaknesses here, but will the pitching and their pitching is led by staff ace John Gray because they have Five starting well, pitchers on the IL right now. Yeah, their their entire pitching staff is on the IR, which is just really unfortunate for them. I think they're going to get a couple back soon. I think Robbie Ray is supposed to be back soon. I mean, they they really need some guys back because if the, if the offense isn't going to be, you know, buoyed by a couple of superstars, uh, this pitching is not going to get them there. Um, so they they do need two three of these guys back and i think brubaker is out for the year um jose Quintana's, quintana's yeah, he, out for a he's long just out time. till like july i think quintana quintana it says he's out until at least july because he had a bone graft on his rib cage so oh and had the tumor that's right yeah unfortunate but yeah this whole yep. team I think was built around having like 10 starting pitchers and being able to slot in the ones performing at any time. And now they're down to like five, including Zach Grinke and Matthew Boyd who are concerning in their own ways. So yeah, there's just uh they just uh, need to get healthy. Also Kyle Finnegan, literally the worst pitcher in baseball right now. If you go to baseball yeah. savant, there is there's no pitcher giving up worse contact than Kyle Finnegan. So yeah, I mean any any pitcher on uh, the Nationals is probably just gonna get rocked this year. I don't know. Yeah, I just wouldn't trust any Nationals pitcher. Basically, pretty much no one on the Nationals. I don't even know if I want anyone in their in their lineup either. Um, team is just terrible. Yeah. I mean the real life Nationals, not the you know Nationals team we're <laughs> not, talking about not, right now. Not the <laughs> not the Nationals we are reviewing right now. They're not terrible, but. Uh, they might struggle for a little bit and in a division that has the Miami Marlins um, who are you know they also finished middle of the pack this week but the Atlanta Braves kind of surprised a little bit too Uh, you know April does matter Um, you know you have eight matchups in April that's a fifth of your a fifth of your overall record so this, yeah, the this, thing is, I think as wrong. long as they, as long as they can kind of, you know, go 500 through April and May, I think they're going to get um, a lot of guys back injury off the IR that will hopefully kind of aid them in the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, so it's really about about just like staying above water because like if they if they do end up like you know two and eight coming out of like you know April May or whatever, it's 
that's going to be really hard to come back from. But if you're 500 coming out of it, it's there's not going to be a lot. Like, they're probably going to be middle of the pack. They're in a somewhat soft division, I think. Um, they're not in, like, the AL East that has, I think, four teams in the top ten. Yeah, the AL East um, is kind of crazy right now. They have they yeah. have three teams in the top ten, and then the Blue Jays were 13. So, yeah. basically four teams that scored uh, Above very average, well. at least. Yeah, very well. Uh, okay, if you have no other thoughts on the Nationals, we'll move on. Because yeah, the only, the only thing I would say about the Nationals is I think their outfield. And I think they sent in the slack that they're looking to trade an outfielder because their outfielder is their outfielders are pretty stacked. I think and they've even got um, Alec Burleson who's been um, playing a lot more than I think was expected. Mostly because I think Newbar's out with an injury, um, but he's in their minor league slot and he's got like twenty something points. I want to say. Yeah. Um. So their outfield I think is pretty good. Um. We're a little bit above average, and they have some depth there. They can maybe try to flip for upgrading somebody uh, either in their lineup or getting some more pitching while um, they got a lot of guys out on IR. Yeah. I, th- I think some pitching upgrade could be helpful here, but just getting healthy is going to be the biggest buff that they can have. So, All right, yeah. moving on to I think one of the most interesting is another NL squad from last year that the actual NL champion from last year, the St. Louis Cardinals, um, opened up to an even worse week than the Nationals and even got a little lucky because they were a bottom 10 team, but still managed to uh, come away with at least one win. Um, And the St. Louis Cardinals, for one, um, they have some bad luck with injury, like Adam Wainwright's out. Uh, Drew Rusensky, who had some, you know, hype behind him uh, in the Oakland rotation. Uh, it, like, maybe he would have been a sneaky, good starting pitcher to put 150 innings on. And he's hurt, and Joey Bart was hurt for the first week. So um, there is some injury, but for the most part, uh, it's really just a matter of their pitching is not looking good. Um, they had uh, rotation kind of buoyed by, you know, some older guys like Carrasco and Wainwright, both of whom... Carrasco is seriously concerning right now. Wainwright is, of course, hurt. Um, they also had, you know, some guys like Jordan Lyles, Tyler Wells, Jake Woodford, Mass and Bumgarner, who, you know, mid-tier guys maybe you you hope that they can at least put up some points and to this point uh like tyler wells has been okay jordan lyles has been in the positive but not particularly good mitch keller is a surprise but the overall thing here is that the the card and I, i guess this is the thing with everyone that did poorly like you were saying week one pitching was so important and teams that we thought would be good that have not been like the Cardinals and Nationals um it was the pitching that really did it yeah pretty the thing with week one that's a little different than every other week is every single one of your pitchers basically gets a gets two starts um and so your guys who are like your four and five pitchers like if they just get shelled twice like you can ruin your week 
And, like, Carrasco, although he might not be, like, his four or five, I think he's is he the number five starter for New York. I mean, it's kind of hard to say because New York's kind of stacked. Um, yeah. And, that, like, their, their rotation. And Senga, I think, started lower than expected just because, I don't know, the, the whole situation. Well, Carrasco's down in Velo. Um, and not only that, as you were saying, that Mets rotation is stacked. It looks like Tyler McGill is good again. Um, Kodai Senga, obviously that is working. Um, David Peterson is is not bad, and Carrasco may get, you know, given a phantom IL designation just to... Uh, yeah, that or... Just to he get might just out. get bumped to the bullpen, honestly. I mean, they've got... I mean, they, they really have a, like, six or seven guys who could be starting, um... And some of those guys are going to end up in the bullpen at some point. And, I mean, he got shelled in his first two starts. It was really not good. Um, so we'll see once they get everyone healthy, um, you know, what it what it looks like. Yeah. And that, another thing about this, Carrasco's tied with Adam Wainwright for the most expensive pitcher on this pitching staff. So the two most expensive pitchers on your staff are hurt or really bad. So we're both. Um, like, Carrasco may be actually hurt so um they definitely have some holes to patch here the lineup is like so okay the infield has struggled um outside of freddie freeman like michael massey cabrian hayes ezekiel tovar have not really had good starts to the season at all um in fact no home runs between any of them the outfield is like fine, but is not going to carry them, and the util spots are taken up by guys that are more of like Jace Peterson and Will Brennan are not, you know, going to carry a lineup. So there's lots of there's lots of concern here for the Cardinals, um, and this this may just end up being a a sign of things to come. Although I will say like. Liberator and the minors, uh, he's looked really good so far. Yeah, and I think there's a very good chance that he ends up in the majors very soon. Um, uh, mostly because the, you know, uh, the Cardinals rotation is looking brutal. I mean, I think they might have the worst starting rotation right now um, in the majors. Um, I, I, think... They, I think they did before uh, Montgomery's last start. Yeah. Um, they, I think, they didn't I think have a guy right. complete the fifth inning, I think, until um, right through seven uh, yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Wainwright is taking Woodford's spot for sure. But, like, uh, you know, none of these guys are really – like, they're not going to move out Jordan Montgomery. They're going to give Jack Flaherty a long leash – Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz are signed long-term now. Um, so maybe Libertor's best way in is through another injury. Like if Wainwright comes back and gets hurt immediately, maybe they just throw in Libertor um, and, instead of Woodford and just try that out. But uh, Yeah, my kind of sneaky suspicion is that I think they end up going with kind of like a, a six-man rotation because they've got a lot of guys they really need to kind of manage their workload. Um, both, like, Flair, Flaherty, like, I don't know when the last time he pitched 
a full year was was like 2018 or something. I mean, and it's been very hit or miss with them. They really probably want to manage his workload and make sure he makes it the full year. And then Wainwright, who's like 55 years old or something, um, <laughs> like, and hurt. I think they really are going to try to manage these guys' workloads. And so they might just have Libertor come up and just, you know, start a game, basically just start like one every like seven games, something like that. Um, and just try to stretch these guys out to make sure that they make it the whole year. Because um, yeah. they've had a lot of kind of injury concerns over the last few years, so it wouldn't surprise me even without an injury, um, like a, like a you know a serious injury, that he ends up making um, at least ten or fifteen starts this year, and hopefully you know far enough advanced you can slot him into your uh, into your lineup um, in fantasy before uh, the week starts, um, or they just tell you day of, hey he's coming up to start. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's really easy to get screwed. Yeah, <laughs> that for sure. That's the thing about young guys, but you know. I, I would like to see Libertor up sooner than later because it does look like he's shown actual skills improvement. Um, he's throwing a lot harder, too. But Okay, yeah. moving on to the last team I want to go over. Uh, another playoff team from last year uh, who had a bottom five week, the Cleveland Guardians. Um, basically everything that could go wrong for them did. Um, they had a rotation of... Dean Kramer, Miles Michaelis, Jameson Tyon, Aaron Civile, and Civile was good and then got hurt, and Michaelis has been completely awful. Kramer's still in the negative, um, and Tyon is at 1.5 points on the year. So they essentially, since Civile is hurt, they have no positive starting pitchers at this point. Although, is Michaelis having a good start still? Uh, today, I uh, last I checked, he was. Oh, uh, no. No, not anymore. Ah, yeah. No, he's yeah. given up six runs at this point. Um, yeah, great, <laughs> fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I think that when we started recording this, and I think it is uh, since we started, it is now six two. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, when I when I because I put the game away uh for <laughs> for the podcast and it was two to nothing so fantastic well the rest of the guardians uh squad since they're not going to be carried by pitching because um, their rotation is hurt or maybe just struggling through some uh opening pains but that lineup is not going to carry them either um they got a really good week from Gleyber Torres, but they are not going to get good weeks from any of these other guys very often. Like Christopher Morel, not even in the major leagues, in their starting lineup. Uh, the rest of their outfield yep. are backups, Tim LaCastro and Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham is like the fourth outfielder for the Mets, right? Uh, let me see how many games. He's played a, a fair amount of, uh, of games, actually. I think he's, yeah, he's played nine games. I think he started eight of them, or uh, seven or eight. So he's gotten a decent amount of playing kind of the fourth guy to be rotated in and i think he might have dh'd for them once or twice okay um, so he so he's kind of like rotating in but maybe when they're putting out their their top lineup he's he might get squeezed out of it i don't know yeah it's probably matchup based i i'm just looking at this he dh four times for them so dh four times and then i think he only started another four game to the outfield um okay. or three or four games so yeah, he's yeah. going to get squeezed out. But it, the rest of the lineup around 
like any of those guys. Like they basically have just like four zeros in their lineup from guys who are either not even in the majors or uh, aren't starting um, for their team. So I think it's it's gonna be really tough to win many games. I mean, obviously, like there's a very good chance it's just gonna be a year to tank. Um, I would say, um, just based on looking at this, like it, it, it just doesn't look very good yeah. um, for yeah. either, like you said, the lineups or the or the uh, pitching. And yeah, looking at the minor leagues, like there's some guys that are interesting, um, have some hype behind them, uh, but for the most part, a lot of these guys are um, in the minors. They're you know, if if you have a major league squad like this, like this minors could use a lot of improvement. Uh, so I think the Guardians may be one of the first teams that was successful last year to really be faced with the uh, prospect that maybe this year just ain't it, and they may be one of the first to start figuring out how do they get better for next year. Yeah, the one thing that is a little concerning, um, not even just for this year, is that like they don't have a lot of like major league assets to trade. Like, if you look at, um, like, I would say some of the lower teams, either they've already traded away their assets, or even if they're, like, not a good team, they've got a couple guys who are, like, real big stars. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be tough to, like, flip a lot of the major leaguers that they have um, that they're going to really want to give up, other than, um, I don't know, how how long is it this Savali? I don't know how long Savali's out. Uh... Um, That's, like, the one guy that I could see, maybe. Um, See, they didn't have a great, um, like, a really great first start. Um... He's got a left oblique strain, and, I mean, the oblique is the worst injury that you can have from the perspective of how long, guessing how long they're going to be out, because it could either be, you know, he's on the 15-day IL, so he could be back after missing a couple of starts, or the oblique could give him trouble all year, and then it leads to overcompensating in different areas like the shoulder. We saw it with Flaherty. Um, and, and so it, it is foggy yeah, so, right now. Yeah. So things are looking pretty bleak then. Yeah. Uh, they, they have some interesting contracts, but nothing too crazy. And yeah, don't love to see it if you're a Cleveland fan, because every, every team below them right now in the power rankings has much better, uh, minor league teams. So uh, they're in they're in a tough spot right now, and this uh, there's a, there's a lot of elbow grease that needs to be put on this either to make it better and and just go in this year and, and try to figure out some uh, some uh, stopgap solutions or just um, call it. Yeah. All right, uh, that pretty much goes over some of the more interesting uh, scores from this week. Dan, you got anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, nothing really. I mean, it is really early still. So, like, like the first week really doesn't mean a lot. Like I said, it's you have the extra kind of three or four days, three or four games in the first week. So that's always going to throw things off. So I'm kind of excited to see how this changes over the next few weeks and what things look like and how things shake out and kind of start looking at, like, for the top teams, like, who's really overperforming this year and for the bottom teams, like, what kind of guys are going to be you know, on the trade block and potentially getting moved. Um, you know, they're either on the end of the contract or um, on just a, a one-year more expensive deal. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, that's our week one power rankings review. Uh, we'll try to have these every week. If not, maybe um, try to get one in every so often. So stay tuned, and uh, John, make the outro. <laughs>